Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rapper Reynolds YouTube channel. If you missed the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. It's bound to get swampy in here today. It's going up to 82 degrees, which, you know, isn't really hot, but it's hot when you've been in 30-degree weather, and then all of a sudden it's 82 degrees. Um, I just noticed it. This is one of those shirts I've had for about 100 years. I'm going to open it. Literally 100 years. Oh, you're opening the window? Just Oh, good. Window. So the neighbors, we can hear them yelling and screaming. No. Um, and we are in a room that doesn't have heat or air conditioning in it. It's in the back of the house. I mean, like, we have central air, but, like, it does not reach back here. So, uh yeah, so if we start glistening, if I start glistening during this thing, you know why. Um, look, real quick, as we're getting ready to jump into this today, as people are jumping in here, um, I keep a, uh, I keep a, a ongoing document. I have um, one of the things I started doing in the last couple of years is um, in Word, or not in Word, in Google Drive, I keep uh, folders for every book that I read, for podcasts that I listen to, for sermons that I listen to interviews that I listen to and then I put all of my notes in word for everything it's like it's a bit a little bit obsessive but it helps me to keep everything organized um and then I just have one that's just called quotes and notes and on there I just keep stuff that like if I hear something like oh that's good I'll like put in my notes section and I just transfer it over real quick when I'm just sitting here um and one of the things I read recently was and I don't even know who said this uh they said the gifts that make you strange are the things that make you special. Those are the things that make you authentic. And so it, it's, uh, I'll say one more time. The gifts that make you strange are the things that make you special. Those are the things that make you authentic. And I love this idea because in this over homogenization of well, damn near everything, but like really uh, of education, where we are trying to make every single classroom look exactly the same way. We're trying to make every single teacher be at the same place at the same time, but in every classroom across your district, across the country, um, where we are, we are homogenizing everything. It leaves the magic piece out. And the magic piece, I think, is what is that specific teacher bringing to the table that is magical, that is authentic to them right and i say this all the time it is this idea that your ordinary is somebody else's extraordinary so i think we need to lean into that more than than pull away from it and schools will say that you can still do that but like come on now we all know when we we know when you start scripting stuff it's it's rap like there's no authenticity you're just a you're just a cog in the machine i know our school one of the things they're planning to do next year is um all teachers that teach electives are now going to teach either math or English. And in the meeting, when, when asked, like, well, like, so the choir teacher, the drama teacher, the, you know, on and on and on, they're going to teach English and math now, but they've never been trained to do that. It was, oh, but everything is, the curriculum's there. Like, the textbook's right there. All you have to do is open the textbook and follow along, and you can do it. Um, which really takes away the piece of, like, well, why are we, why are we teachers? Like, what, what does that even mean about us? Like, if anybody can just crack open the book and follow along, then, like, what do you need us for? So it's this in, 
intangible quality that makes you, you know, some might say you're weird. They might say you're a little extra. They might say, why do they do it like that? They're a little bit strange. Um, Because that's your awesomeness. That is the thing that makes you special. That is the magic that you're bringing to the game. And so, like, I just wanted to remind you, um, even if you're finishing the year, if you're finished the year, or if you still have a month or so left like I do, uh, it's leaning into that stuff as often as possible because that's, I think, what makes, it brings you energy too, in my opinion. So, um, with that, gang, before we jump into your questions, if you've never been here before, this is Sunday Night Teacher Talk, where we meet as a group, as a community, because we believe that education is always about the community that you're dealing with, right? Is a communal activity. So, um, just show up. You can ask any question. Nothing is off the table. Could be directly about teaching. Could be about life. Could like because that is going to affect your teaching also. Um, and just know that anything you could possibly need is going to be at realrapwithreynolds.com. So if you are looking for someone to one-on-one mentor you, right? That's a service that we provide. If you're looking for um, someone to speak at your school, if you are a brand and you want to connect with us and, and get started down that path, you can do that as well. Uh, that's all at realrapwithreynolds.com. The book is there. You can get signed copies of the book, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, and... Before we get, are you getting hot over there? I am. All we right. need to get you a fan. Like you're <laughs> I in built church. My new there you go. There we go. And get you one of the church fans. Um, you, what was I going to say to folks now? I forget. Oh, I'm sorry. It was so important too. And now I forget. You're talking about book studies, maybe? So important. No, book studies we have too. Like, so if you read the book, we can get you a book study for your school. Um, I think uh, you know, somebody, Catherine Mosley, oh, was asking about I that. I think, can I talk about the thing I think I'm going to be at? Why am I like I'm I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> lipping it? So, like, like I don't know. You, I don't know. It should not be the thing that starts with an I. <laughs> All right, I won't do that one. No. <laughs> um, but I will be at Get Your Teach On uh, this summer too. Let me put up my terrible graphic that I have for this. It's a great graphic, but I just doesn't. It just it's in the middle of my screen. So hey, I'm gonna be at uh, I'm gonna be at this this summer. Uh, get your teach on with all these incredible people, and I'm really looking forward to it. like. There's people on here that I've never met in real life, but I've like either known online or like from afar. So um, if you're around, this is in Orlando, and it's going to be incredible. So yeah, with that, you ready, dude? Yes, let's start. Hit me with some, some questions. questions. Uh, Jessica's up first. She's asking, "I'm switching from a big district, uh, five five HS. high schools, seven. Or yeah. nine middle schools. Got it. To a smaller district. What one high school, one middle school. <laughs> I read all the parentheses. So. Any any advice for this transition? Also, how to tell my current students I won't be returning. Oh, man. So, oh, okay. I think the transition, what you're going to find, like, I think you, ha- you have to decide to be excited about it. Right, wherever you're moving, you just have to decide to be excited about it and know that the game's not that much different. I think that like no matter what school you're teaching in, there's there's so many commonalities, there's so many similarities, there's so much stuff that's like um, the game is the game, right? Like now it's going to change depending on like where you teach or how many kids you have in your classroom or like um, what the curriculum is actually like, like what other asks are there of you, and I think. You know, my experience, like p- teaching at pretty small schools, uh, there's there's not a there's not a ton of people to do other stuff, right? So teachers ha- typically pick up more things because they're in a smaller school. Just something to be mindful of. Um, so within within with regards to just that, 
I think it's being mindful of how much you sign up for. Everything looks attractive, right? But you can't order every item on the menu to eat, right? Um, now look, somebody out there might be going, that's not true. I, I could eat all the items on the menu. But, um, you know, think of it as going out to eat, right? Get an appetizer, right? Some stuff you're doing before school. Get your main course and maybe some dessert. You're taking care of something after school. But don't get seven desserts. Don't sign up with something because someone else couldn't eat their dessert. And they go, would you eat my dessert for me? I don't want to waste it. And I can't take this ice cream home or put it in a box. And you're like, well, all right. But then you feel sick and you want to throw up outside of the Outback Steakhouse. I don't really know. I don't know why you just use Outback Steakhouse. I've only been there once in my whole life. But the, the idea there is watch how much you end up signing up for. With regards to telling current students, for me, um, I, I don't know what grade you teach, but when when I when I moved from Camden to teaching in Philly, I just told kids like, look, this is my next move. Um, and I started off with, this has nothing to do with you. Um, I love all of you, but I need to make sure that my family's taken care of. I need to make sure that I'm moving with what I'm supposed to move with next. And so for me, uh, the language, I just put it very plainly. For me, it is where God is calling, that's where I go. This is what I do. I am a, uh, I'm a pioneer. I'm not always a settler. And so I need to move into this next space that is the next thing for me to do. And I think using language like that to start it off lets kids know that, like, look, this is like beyond all of us. It has nothing to do with whether I like you or whether I don't like you. Like at some point, someone was going to end up being the last class, right? Like even if you teach for 35 years or 40 years, like someone ends up being the last class. Um, and that's not my fault. You should have been born sooner. So, um, come on, that was funny, right? <laughs> yes. I thought it was. Uh, so they, you know, it's then walking kids through like, how can they connect with me? How can they stay in contact with me? How like can we bridge the gap? And look, is it possible that your current school that you're or your school that you're moving to can connect with your students at your other school somehow? Like can we do like some kind of cross field trip? Can we do some kind of pen pal situation? Can we do like a cross school like project or something like that? Could just be cool. Um, and I'm already thinking of a thousand ways in which you could do that, but like um, that might be fun too. So then kids know that you're just not leaving them, that you're still around, you're still doing the work, but you're just doing it somewhere else. All right. Our next question um, is coming from Jake asking for all, what is the most valuable lesson you have learned from teaching, teaching students? Slash students. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'd say one of the things I learned, Jake, was that when I started teaching, I wanted to teach in, I wanted to teach like in school. I won't even say inner city schools, right? I don't even know that that was like necessarily my, my, the language in my head. I wanted to teach somewhere that needed good teachers, right? So like, this has been a theme in my life. And so it's like the neighborhood that I live in, I moved in because I, I wanted to move somewhere that needed good neighbors. Um, and so it was, uh, that kind of a thing. Like I wanted to show up and, and really care for someone that needed it. The end, right? Didn't matter like where it was. Didn't matter if that was like in the country or like in inner city or the, you know, like somewhere extremely like rural or whatever. Um, what I've come to know is two things. One, 
every single school needs good teachers, right? It's and no, now look, in my experience, um, and in talking with folks I've known over the last sixteen years, like inner city schools do have far more turnover, right? Like then, like uh, I have a friend who is um, a vice principal in in a very um, we could call him rich. It's pretty wealthy. Uh, you're making me real nervous with that whole situation you got going on there, buddy. Computer. Yeah, I I'm going to move it over. It's been that way help you out. I don't, my mouth is <laughs> making me nervous. It's like when you put your coffee on the arm of the couch. I start going, whew, all right. I'm good. <laughs> anyway, um, a friend of mine from a wealthy district, uh, I said, like, yo, are you guys, like, what's your what's your teacher loss looking like this year? Like, are you, are you one of these schools that's, like, losing a lot of people? And they were like, we're losing two teachers this year but that, that was like a lot to them. they were like <laughs> I know I we're remember. losing two teachers and they're like what about you guys and I said we've already lost over 50% and I dare to say from the beginning of this year and who stays this year I'd say about 90% of teachers leave this year that's that's I know, I'll know, I know once we get closer like and I see that's a bonkers number she was like what I said yeah, that two. See, we lost two before the school year even started. We lost two last week. That's how we do. I know, and it shouldn't even be funny, right? It's not even. No, no, it's not like, funny. It's but you, you ha- if you can't laugh at it, right? Like it's, it's one of those things. We have to laugh at the absurdity of yeah. it. So, what what I'm getting at here is that um, it's this idea of like all schools need good teachers like even schools that are rich even schools that are really uh like no matter what like kids all kids deserve good teachers and the other thing is is that i can't just go into a school and think i know what a neighborhood's like think i know what it what the children are like think i know what the families are like or what they're going through or what their lives are look like outside of school like when you when you make that supposition about what you think where others come from or what's important to them or anything you are cheating your students out of a better education it really takes getting to really know not just the kids but the community in which you're teaching so i know a lot about my students i know a lot about their families i know a lot about like the neighborhood in which the specific neighborhood that i work in um so teaching the kids that I teach now, right? So I teach all like 99% African-American, uh, all boys. It's so different from where I taught in Camden. Now Camden was 50%, uh, give or take, 50% African-American, 50% uh, like Latinx. So it was like folks, and, and a lot of those, the Latinx students that I had were English as a second language, right? The, but the, the neighbor, the, the school kind of looked the same. The uniform was the same. They still had uh, students that were like from uh, like a culture, from a background, from a community that didn't mirror what I grew up in, right? But like to say that it was going to be the same when I went to West Philly, like no, it's so dumb, and like I don't know why I even ever thought that. So it's really, really getting to know um, where I'm teaching. So if I went, I think I could be a great teacher anywhere, right? Like, uh, and maybe that's just a bit of my narcissism coming out, but like I think like I just love it so much that I would, I would will it into existence anywhere that I went. Um, that being said, if I went to teach on a reservation in North Dakota, if I taught in 
Oakland if I taught in, you know, uh, some really wealthy school in San Francisco. It's all it's like parts of it are the same, but it's the community piece. It's the kid piece. It's the family piece that becomes so, so important. So that's what I would say is like one of the lessons that I've learned is that like you can't just show up and start doing your thing and, and you you read the school's mission statement or whatever, like, or you watched Fresh Prince or now you know what West Philly's like. Um, it's no, it's really doing a deep dive and really with a sense of like, I want to understand who I'm teaching so that I can teach the best way that I can teach. All right. Our next question is coming from Catherine. She's asking, how do we get you to video chat our staff for 30 minutes? We love you guys. Um, that's a great question. Um, I think Catherine either, Catherine, do you, you touched, uh, touched out of like touch base somewhere with us. I forget on what there's lots of, there's lots of areas to do that messages. Yeah. Um, I think it was an email. Uh, we will get back to you for sure at some point if you emailed, but email is probably the quickest and best. Yeah. Uh, Which is that. just uh, real rapid finals at gmail.com. So, um, yes. And so Catherine, another thing that you can do is, um, for folks that don't know, if you do a book study at your school, and I don't care what that book study looks like. That could literally mean like you just gave out your book and everyone read it. It could look like you did, like you used the book study that we provide. That's free. Um, you can go right to, uh, I, we can, I don't know, just hit me up. If and you want to email us. Yeah. Uh, I can get that to <laughs> you. But one of the things that we offer is that if you're, if I don't care if it's five people from your school, right? It doesn't have to be the whole staff. Five people from your school, they order the book, they read it. I'll do a call with you afterwards and I can go through any questions you have on the book, anything you thought of after reading the book. Like you could just talk to me like that is like a free, you know, added added bonus from uh, from uh, ordering our book available now on Amazon twenty four ninety five. I think it's actually on sale right now. But um, yeah, so that's a thing, too. Yeah, she said she emailed. I swear I'll get back to you in the next yeah. few days. Um, I'll tell you, the email real quick, if anyone else has emailed us. It's the end of the school. It is this weird end of school year thing. We are always thing. in this weird predicament at the end of the yeah, school year. Because everyone else is, so many people are done. done. We have another done. month. I know. You have so much longer. And there's so much coming up in June to do. It's like yes. vacation. And then I'm speaking here. And then I'm speaking here. And then I'm coming home. And then we're rolling this thing out. It's like, yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. That's not an excuse. No, but we're we need to get it done. Now. Wait till you see what's Looking coming up next. I know. You're I'm already reading. getting glistening. <laughs> okay, our next question, let's move on, is coming from Logan. What's your thought process when creating engaging lessons? We have scripted lessons. Right, so. Great question. <clears throat> um, let me go with non-scripted lessons and I talk about what I would do if I had scripted lessons. Engaging lessons is looking at it's 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 a venn diagram people that's what we're doing we're creating a venn diagram do you remember what those are wife <laughs> no venn, look you have to go like this venn diagram i don't want to have to do that no so. do it real quick no. come on no no venn diagram okay <laughs> so uh the old venn diagram um is when you have this circle wife yes it's wax on wax off you have this circle and then you have this circle and they overlap oh yeah so one circle is what do you have to teach? What is the what is the book? What is the lesson? What is the unit? Um, whether it's life science or it's uh, Merchant of Venice or it's whatever, whatever, like the Civil War, whatever you're teaching, right? Then it's what are my students interested in? 
you're looking for the intersection of the two of those things. That's where engagement comes from, right? So it can't just be all stuff your kids are interested in, right? Like it can't relate every single, like all the things you're interested in into one lesson, but it is who you are. So, and it's not, and it's, so it's, look, I'll, I'll break it down like this. Here is, I'm teaching Merchant of Venice. These are all the literary terms. These are the core curriculum points that I have to hit. This is all, these are all the markers I have to hit. How do I teach those? How do I make those engaging, right? You make them engaging by saying, what are kids into right now? And what has their life been so far? So let me connect your life, the things you're interested in, the things you talk about, the things you think about, the things you listen to, the things you watch. Let me take elements of that so I have to get to know my students. And then where those intersect, that's where I'm making things engaging. So Merchant of Venice, um, you know, is about a thousand things. It's about persecution. It's about... Um, I mean, you could tie women's rights into it. You could try, tie LGBTQ into it. You could tie social emotional into it. You could tie, um, like, you could tie uh, social constructs into it. Like, there's a thousand things that you could tie into it. You could tie, you know, there's different movies that I. The dog is having an allergy fit or something. <laughs> On the show. Oh, you're right. you are my best friend. Go ahead and do it. It's like he's got a sneeze. He's it's just right. clearing his throat. Yeah. Let me clear my throat. Um, that's where I make things engaging. So how do I do that? Um, I then sit with those two things, and I think this is where just dreaming comes into play. Like So when people ask me how I lesson plan all the time, I just go like this. I go like this. That's lesson planning. That's what it is. I just stare off to the abyss and I start imagining things. I start trying things in my head. I start thinking about like, what what would be cool? How could we make this come alive? And the beauty in that, the reason that that's even important for those of you that are just like, what? Um, The reason that's crucial is because look, there's the old saying of you can lead a horse to water and you can't make it drink, but you can make it really thirsty. And when you make a horse thirsty, then it's starting, you know, when you make those kids like, you're doing something that's so engaging that everyone wants to jump on board. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Now I was not paying attention and now I want to pay attention. So then what do you do if you have scripted lesson plans? I think this is where this, we use this term a lot called sprinkling magic. And so what you're not going to do is be able to um, redo everything. You're not going to be able to like change everything. But to me, there's look, I, I think of it this way. When we, do state testing. We have state testing this week, right? Keystone tests are this week. There are folks that take so long to get their tests done and collected and signed in that some of us are done. We have 90 minutes. I am done on the note. Like there's no, there's no messing around, right? Like I, we get in there. It's all right. Let me give you the, I'm going to even give you the quick rundown as to why this is important and why you should try and why this matters, right? And if it doesn't matter, I'm going to give you the rundown for that, but that's for different testing. Um, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you the rundown. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you five quick strategies on how you're going to win today, right? And then we're going to jump right into it. Game game on. There's other folks that take 10 years to start, and it's like 30 minutes into the test, and their classrooms still aren't ready, and then it takes longer. Like, just, just, You know what I'm saying? Like, We have the same exact thing to do. I just find ways to sprinkle magic on what I'm doing and still fit it all in and still get to that end point. Um, and that doesn't have to look like you're recreating the wheel, right? Because I realize you're not supposed to when you have scripted lesson plans. 
but like you can still sprinkle magic. You can still add some music in the background. You can still add, um, where are we going to teach this? Or is it outside? Is it in the basement? Is it in the cafeteria? Is it in the hallway? Um, you can still like find small ways to enhance how, not what you're doing, but it's how you're doing it, where you're doing it. Those are some of the ways to start getting that ball rolling. And then I think that builds momentum over time. So you start doing stuff and then it builds momentum and then start winning after that. So that's, that's why how I kick it off. Excellent. All right. Our next question comes from Ivan on Facebook. Um, he's asking, trying to get back into the education sector after a hiatus, my heart still goes to teaching. Any advice? So, or any tips? Um, oh, sorry. So Ivan, I would say, look, if you're thinking about getting back into education, um, to me, it's thinking about what, what's, what is your why, right? So like, if we're thinking about like what Simon Sinek talks about all the time, like start with why, what is your why? Like, what do you want to teach kids? The other thing, so getting very, very clear on that, right? Like, so one of the reasons that I like ninth grade English is that it is, allows me to talk about a thousand other things that are relevant to my students because all I have to do is connect it to the book. Right. So if I was teaching math, my brain doesn't work like that. So it would be harder for me to be creative in that space. So I found a space that was conducive to what I was doing. I think I I, history would be a little bit of a stretch, but I could do it there, too. Um, Sorry, dog. Uh, The other thing is what age did you most need you like the you you are now. So when I think about at what age. And this has never changed since I started teaching. So what age did did I need 45-year-old Mr. Reynolds, ninth grade? Every single time. Every time. Like I've that's why I've never changed grades. I've I've taught other grades because it, it was needed. Um it wasn't my jam. Um, but I think I think I also could have taught 12th grade, but I would have taught I don't I would have taught the kids that struggled or weren't sure what they were doing next. That's I like I love I love that age where you're really trying to figure out what's next because, oh, crap, high school's done. Um, but that ninth grade is the age that I was the most lost in, 14, 15 years old, the most lost in um, as, a, as a young person. So, you know, and then I think it's just trying to find spaces. Like, if you can't get right into teaching, can you be a paraprofessional, right? Can you be, like, like basically an aide in the classroom? Can you be... Can you work as part of an after-school program? Can you get a job working in the office at a school? Like, what could you do to start putting you in those spaces and places where you're engaging with young people and moving the needle in the right direction, helping kids find success, whether that's an after-school program, whether that's a tutoring center, whatever it is, starting to put yourself in those spaces. And when that, if that feels right, then you know what to do. And if it doesn't, it was such a low cost of entry, who cares? Like, all right, I thought this was going to be different. It's not really what I thought. And then you, you dip, and it's not a big deal. All right, you ready for your next I'm one? ready for my next question. All right, it's from Aisha. She's asking, before COVID, you had plans to travel with your daughter. Will you try it now that things are opening up again for the summer? That's a great question. Um, I, so that was the plan this summer. Um, last summer. Last, no, that was the plan this summer. Remember, I was going to drive... Oh, to yes. Colorado. Oh gosh, so many times. So we're doing um, we're doing a family trip to Colorado this summer, where my all of my wife's sisters. There's 19 of no. There's <laughs> she has three sisters. They all live in New Mexico, Texas area. They're going to Colorado with my wife's mom, 
So my mother-in-law is going to be there. All my sister-in-laws are going to be there and their husbands and kids and stuff. And then the Reynolds are going out there too. And it should be a wild, wild experience. (laughs) I love hanging. It is. They are. Those dudes are some good old boys. They're just like, they're like, we're so excited. We're going to go shoot guns. And I'm like, okay. okay." Anyway. Um, so we were going to, we were going to, I just wanted to say guns. Um, we are, we were good. Marley and I were going to drive out there and do like a cross country trip or she, they would fly out together, all of them one way ticket and we drive back. But then I got two big opportunities at the end that like, I cannot pass up, um, at the end of June. So you so, roll right from family vacation, right it's from literally the school, school ends, family vacation, fly to Colorado, right to, to, right to Orlando to and then events. right to somewhere else that I can't talk about yet. Um, so yeah, so I don't think that's going to, it's going to happen, but I will tell you that I'm already thinking about like, what do the kids want to do this summer? Like, where can we go? What can we do? Like, let's start making the list now of stuff and being really realistic about it. So, and then like, um, I, what I've found too is that, look, I really want to travel with my kids, but, um, since COVID, like no one wants to leave the house. Like, I think, I don't know if Mark could handle a two-week driving around No, I don't think we're there yet. But I think, so, just like everybody else in the world of COVID, you know, that has been dealing with isolation or being in, like, it's a a journey. Like, I remember somebody asked before on our show, like, about um, having anxiety and journeying out to, like, uh, have friends outside of like work and school because we all need that connection and we crave it. And I think people are recognizing the need for that, but it's very difficult um, when we've been indoors and had to keep to ourselves and that messes with your brain. Yeah. Like it has, it plays a part, right? I, so yeah, for some people. Yeah. I, on the other hand, right? Not went you. The other way. I want to meet with all the friends, you go out do. to all the dinners, go to all the places, drive around all summer, do all the adventures. Because <laughs> um, it's almost like, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that's even better than anybody else, right? Because it's, 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 there's, it's insatiable almost, yeah. where you want to do all the stuff, right? Story of my life, and you can't, like, you don't like when you guys are like, let's just stay in the house today. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, so it's learning a balance of that, right? Yeah. That's what we're trying to figure out this summer. So we'll probably do something. Finding the rhythm. In August. Yeah, it, it'll be exciting. All right, our next question is coming from Dominique, asking, I am pursuing my master's degree in educational leadership Love with it. the intention of becoming a principal. Any advice on how to be a leader of adults? Oh, my gosh, I love this question so much. Dominique, I have this really wonderful friend, Cho. Cho is currently... Uh, getting, I think it's this, that same, like, it's a, it's a master's program very similar to this. Uh, she's at Harvard. And one of the things that we were talking about, um, she said, actually, the um, there's only a handful of people that get to take this program at Harvard. But it was really hard for her to get in. But she said the, the educational piece of that is actually, like, the, the most underwhelming portion of the whole program. She said, like, going there, um, she started, like, really working on her. So it wasn't just the work. She's like, I grew up, like, she always said, she's like, I grew up with a Korean mom. Uh, this is what she tells me all the time. She goes, my mom immigrated here from Korea. She didn't play. You just did your work. You just got A's. There's no alternative to that. So she's like, she goes, 
Yeah, B's were F's in my house. That's what she used to tell me. She's like, B is basically an F. Um, so she said that the thing that is that she realized though was to be so her I think her dream is to be a superintendent, is she had to work on her. Like hardcore. Because the work that you're getting into isn't just about you know, what you think it's about of being a principal. It's being able to carry the weight of that. It's being able to show up and inspire people. It's learning how to have difficult conversations uh, with teachers, with parents, with students. It's um, being able to find a healthy rhythm in your life so that you're not just like working, 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 working all the time every day. So it's it's that kind of work, the internal work and so she said that has been the thing that has, and it's literally, it's, it, when I tell you it's transformed her life, like Cho just kind of always looked at me like this. Like everything that I said, she get, would get so annoyed at me and she would also tell me that she hated me all the time. But what I really heard was, <laughs> I love you. I love you, Reynolds. Um, it's really what she was saying. <clears throat> she does. She tells me all the time mm-hmm. that she loves me. But, and then she tells me she hates me again. But uh, <laughs> she, you know, one of the things that I, I love when I talk to her now is you can just feel it like her energy is so high I know. and she's just this this glowing ball of like oh my gosh i'm so happy to talk to you and we're talking and she's into new stuff and growing and changing and here's how yeah. i started doing this thing and like her family dynamic has changed and for the better from it like on a level that i can't even share with everyone because it's her personal stuff but like you're just like it's been better in every single yeah. way and when i call her for 20 minutes it's an hour and a half conversation but really that's the key it's never about the thing it's really about your ability it's never handle. only about the thing right. right think about teaching teaching's not just about pedagogy it's not just about lesson planning it's not just about ieps it's not just about 504s and all that stuff it's about you being able to be the person that can do the work so that would be my stuff is like take all the personality tests read all the books i think when we talk about re- like leadership, I'm thinking um, Dr. Darius Daniels' uh, Relational, Relational Intelligence. That's a great book to start with. And anything by John Maxwell. Um, he is like the guy. So even if you don't want to read those books, just go to their podcast. Darius Daniels has a podcast on uh, anywhere, anywhere. You'd, get, you'd get podcasts from. And John Maxwell has been an interview. Like he's been interviewed on tons and tons and tons. I think a good one to start with. There's a podcast called Impact Theory that I love because they, the guy does his homework before he interviews them. So you don't get like all the questions that have been asked a thousand times before. It's like, it's, it's really on, it's on point. That's where I would start. Deeper. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to you too. Good, good luck to you. That's awesome. Yay. We need more people that are actually know how to lead. It's funny. I was just thinking the last part of the real part of her question is any advice on how to be a leader of, of adults. And I just think be an adult. Right. And, and I don't mean that to sound like sarcastic or, or anything or mix words or I just think be an adult. Like most people don't know how to actually be an adult. I think we react out of emotion instead of out of maturity and being adult really comes with being able to regulate your emotions, all the things. Right. And so there's so much more to being an adult that, I think that we then what we really teach people in society. Yeah. So it's kind of a, I really you know. I, I thought it meant you could eat cake for breakfast, but you can you can, but you you have to be an adult and recognize you can't do that every morning. Yeah. Once in a while, not bad. All right. Our next question comes hurts. from from Jake. He's asking switching from an alternate uh, al- 
alternative behavior focused setting to a general education setting at the same grade level. My biggest worry is how different classroom management will be. Any advice? Thanks. Uh, Jake, so my buddy, uh, Randy Rebuy, who is a really great author, and if anyone needs books for like for their Why high school you? students, yeah, he's the guy. Randy uh, Rebuy, he wrote uh, After the Shot Drops and 100 not hundred, like several other books that are incredible. Um, he taught at my school for long. So he taught in Camden also. We both jumped ship from Camden and came to West Philadelphia. Um, and now he teaches at a very prestigious school in, uh, in like the Bay Area in California. And he said one of the things that he realized was he's like, when you don't have classroom management to think about, you get so much more done. He's like, I was planning lessons with the mindset of this is how I used to plan lessons. He goes, but what happens when everyone did the homework? What happens when no one is like getting in a fight in the middle of class? Like it's just such a shift for him to be able to just have more instructional time. And so I think what I would look at is what do your students need, right? Is like, is the move, right? So like, what are, what are you doing in that school? Um, how much of your time, like, do you really have 53 minutes in a period or, or in 80 minutes if you have block scheduling, whatever it is? It's planning accordingly for that. And I think it's really getting to know the staff. It's getting a feel for, like, how are other people doing this? Doesn't mean you have to do things the same way. It just gives you a sense of, like, well, how do things roll here? How do kids behave? What are they interested in? What is their, What are their goals? Do we have a community in which parents are uber involved are they slightly involved are they not involved are we what other kinds of like trauma or stressors are kids teaching or learning with so when my friend randy went to the bay area he said like one of the things he learned was that the kids like even though they have everything right we're talking about the children of like ceos and like change makers in america um there's he said there was such a problem with anxiety with students because they all had to get into like Ivy league schools. They all had to live up to the expectations that their parents had. And that weighed on them so heavily. He's like, we never saw anything like that in West Philly, like nothing like that. So it was, um, it, I mean, you see a little bit, you see trace elements of that kind of thing everywhere, but like that anxiety piece, he was like, Oh, I had to figure out how to like, how do we as a school community address that too, so that we can do the work that we need to do. Like, um, so that's what I would think about in going into that. All right, our next question comes from Diego. Hi, I love the channel. Do you have any good ideas for a last high school seniors class? Uh, so, great question. Um, that's a great picture too, man. Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. you know Reynolds and his love of profile pictures. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this, bro. Now, look, this is going to depend on your level of connection with students and how freely you can kind of speak to kids. But one of the things I love talking to kids about before they leave for college or or whatever else is next is like one, addressing any fears that they have. It's a very exciting time, but it can be very daunting for kids, too, especially if you're first generation to go off to college, if you're first generation to graduate high school. Um it is this idea of like, what are you concerned about? And then let's talk about that. The other thing that I have a conversation with students almost every year is this idea where I just actually drew this on my wall really, really big above my tree in my classroom. Um, It's a quote from a uh, Derek Brown 
poem that says you belong everywhere. And this is a message that I want my students to have so clearly and believe in it so much because, you know, like, look, I teach, I teach all black boys. And so black males have the lowest graduation rate of anybody in the United States. What I want my guys to understand is that no matter what the world might tell you, no matter what any ever anybody ever says to you, is that you need to remember, you need to know in your heart, not just because Reynolds told you, know it in your heart, that you belong everywhere. That there's not a table that you can't sit at. So you and that might be harder for you, right? Because you are black males, right? In 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 the society in which we live. So, but but don't just because the door gets closed, just because someone says no, just because there's not a seat there, build your own damn seat, pull it up to the table and sit there anyway. Um, that's what I want my boys to know. And so it's instilling that bit of something in them as they're getting ready to go off in this next per, part of their lives is having them remember that. And I'll tell you this, and I don't tell this story very often because it's it makes me feel some type of, like it makes me, it's 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 not a goal people should shoot for, but it's something, a really beautiful thing that happened in my life. I probably should share it more, but I don't. Um, I wrote that line in a letter to a young woman uh, several years ago, or I don't know, several years ago, over a decade ago. And uh, she was... Um, high school student got pregnant junior year of high school dad didn't stick around now she has this baby she's going off to college she had dreams of being an engineer that didn't work out um had a very tumultuous life like dad like family life was like a like a hot mess um and she said you wrote that line in that letter and I kept going back to it years and years later. Like every time I'd be like up for a promotion or I felt like because I was a woman, I was getting the shaft or because I was a person of color, I was getting the shaft or because I was like, whatever it was, you were just not like, you had to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. She's like, it was that line. You belong everywhere. And then she sends me a picture one day of my handwriting on her arm that says you belong everywhere in my handwriting. And I think one of the reasons I've gone so hard on that message was especially after I got that picture because it was so mind-blowing to me that our words can really affect young people on such an important level, especially when we talk to kids like they're adults, um, when we let them speak to us like they're adults. When we, when, like that, that's everything. So it's having a conversation along those lines, I think that sets kids up with a level of inspiration um, and belonging that they deserve. So, yeah. All right, our next question. How do you embed... Oh, it's coming from Zoe, sorry. She's asking, cool. how do you embed a level of respect towards student equipment on top of respect to over students? Um, I feel like that's such a... Every teacher is trying to figure that out, right? What, so what does that mean to you? I'm, I'm um, thinking two different ways here. I just spit those. A level of towards school equipment. Um, I think it's just just that. Like like respect res my space? No, school equipment. Like I imagine like things that aren't your property, like right, yeah. like damage to school equipment and property that's yeah. not your own. Um, on top of respect to over students. Oh, or yeah, over students too? Equipment over students? Is that what they're asking? So here's where, here's where I'm gonna take this and I hope that I hit the right mark. <laughs> We have a real issue in our school this year, though, that um, I hope we're saying your name right. Uh, did we decide what that? Did I, say? She, I Zoe. Zoe. I feel like it's Zoe, but 
You say Zoe all the time. Oh, and I forget. I and I wonder if she memory. said it to us before, and we're just idiots. Yeah, sorry. I'm an idiot. You're wonderful, but... Um, <laughs> Sometimes I'm a little bit, bit of an idiot, but I that's okay. I love you so much. Um, so the... What I'm thinking about is... Um, oh, they're not in order. Because folks have come and gone in our class, I think that's part of it. I think part of it's COVID. I think there's a lot of stuff there, right? We have kids that are just, mm-hmm. like, ripping stuff apart at our school. We had in the uh, one of our science labs that the school just paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to redo. This is embarrassing. There's a, uh, it is. It is embarrassing because this is not what my school has been known for in the past. They have, like, those showers that you pull this little lever in case there's, like, a chemical. I don't know. Something sciencey happens the <laughs> wrong way, and you get science in your eyes, and you got to do something to make it stop. Um, so you could pull the little lever those are typically supposed to have some kind of curtain around them and there's a drain in the floor. Not our school. We don't have a drain or a curtain. Someone pulled it when the teacher walked out of the room to go to the bathroom and uh, they let it run for several minutes till the room was flooded, right? We've had other instances this year where like equipment has been broken, um, that drawer fronts have been ripped off, that lab tables have been completely destroyed, that um, like, I guess we have fetal pigs i'm not even sure what the hell that is and they dissect them there was like a bag of them that got like pulled out of a cabinet and they were on the floor and stuff like yeah like crazy shit man um that the kids took <laughs> maybe this can give a glimpse of why you have a 90 percent teacher turnover yeah. rate the water <laughs> so the, one day they flooded the floor the students and then they put um soap all over the floor too so it became a slip inside so when they had a sub they were sliding across the room right the con- when I hear about things like this, I could yell at kids. I could say, what the hell's wrong with you? And what are you thinking? And what are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. I could yell, you know, you could easily yell at the teacher for like, what the hell are you doing? And what are you thinking? And what's going on in your classroom? There's all these things that could happen. What I think it comes down to is having a conversation with students about what the hell, like, like, let's have a real conversation. Like, where do you go to school? Our school's not rich. Like, it took years to get that money to be able to spend all the money to turn just two of the la- just two of the science rooms into actual labs that were really, really nice. Like, you all, you're acting like you go to a school where there's backup money, where we could fix that stuff. We can't fix that stuff. It's now broken forever. Like, we just can't. And so when you ruin books, when you break things in the hallway, when you are destroying things in classrooms, like, we really need to think about, like, what happens next. Like, what do you think happens next? Like, now you ruined that book. It doesn't exist anymore. And I ordered it for you. Um, that I'll order any book for you. That I've had my classroom has been destroyed a number of times this year. I have a I have a wall in my classroom where someone was sitting, and there's got to be 50 penises drawn on my wall. Right? You didn't think I was going to say that today, did you? <laughs> there's 50 penises on my wall in my classroom right I wish now. you could tell the story about how you caught the penis drawer. And I, you, I don't think you can tell that story, but it's hilarious. It's a, it's a, it's meet me in a bar sometime. I'll tell you about that story. But, <laughs> um, I've had kids that have ripped bookshelves off my walls. I've had kids that have ruined some of my books that have, like, my desks are all drawn on this year. It is, like, it's dealing with stuff. But the way that I deal with it every time is calm. And it's going, what do you think happens next? Like, like I want you to look around my room and I want you to look about how incredible it looks in here. And I want you to know that I spent my own money making this room for you. This is for us. Okay, and pause. So, so what if you have this holding that person? Mirror. Yeah. First of all, you were right. It's Zoe. So, Zoe, I apologize. Um, she said the spelling isn't really a thing where she is. 
Um, so she said that some of the, her comment says some of the equipment is expensive enough that we can't replace it if it, if it's broke. And then some someone will reply with, "So I'll just get my parents to buy another one." Like, what do you do with that attitude? They have an, like over an abundance of money that they are frivolous then with it, with their actions because they because that can fix everything. How do you do that? I think the only way to fix that is holding people accountable. But that gets really hairy. Why? Because then it's like, are you a private school? Parents pay money to go there, but then admins don't, you know, stand to rules. There's all kinds of scenarios. Like, there's many reasons why that can get hairy. Um, I mean, I would have the same conversation about this room was created with you in mind. Like, we're doing this for you. Um, if I come over to your house, even though I could replace your TV, I wouldn't break it. Yeah. Like, does that that doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally sometimes talk to kids. I hold a mirror up to what they say and say it back to them. And I just go, what are you, ta- what are you even talking about right now? Like, are these, like, that's a that's really your, your plan, your yeah. idea? And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one of the things that Nick Pascal, one of the greatest people I've ever worked with in my life, um, so our school also, we have an issue right now with kids breaking holes into the walls. It was a fight the other day. A kid got mad afterwards and he kicked a hole in the wall. Um, and the maintenance guy told me that since March, he has fixed, I think it was 37 holes in the walls in the school, right? We have less than 500 kids. We do not have a lot of students in our school. Um, Nick Pascal used to make kids come in on Saturdays and they would he would show them how to fix a hole in the wall and then they spent their Saturday fixing holes in the walls. Right, that's accountability. Replace, that's what I'm talking cut about. Cut drywall, replace drywall, spackle. But now, I think if you're at an affluent school, right, I'm that, gonna say maybe. Sure, but you have to have an admin that plays the part. Everybody has to be able to play the But that's the always the it. case though, right? Yeah. So it's... I know, it's, back to leadership, unfortunately. It's leadership, right? It's it's community, but it is... I don't care if you're a private school or, private school or not. We are a community of individuals. We learn not just from learning in books. We got to learn how it's your character that's everything, yeah. right? Who cares if you're the smartest person in the room if you're a jerk, if you're destructive, if you can't control yourself, if you can just think that money is going to get you out of anything. I think it's having those bigger conversations that are real life, real world conversations. And the thing is, Zoe, that you don't have to know exactly what you're going to say or say the right thing every single time. You get better at it as you go along. So maybe you say something and the kids catch you all and you're like, I don't know what to say back to that. Um, just keep practicing um, with the goal in mind that like we're helping to grow kids. And we all know that it's not just in English, math, and history or whatever else subject matter. It's in all these other soft skills that are the super important things to learn. Is that not only hear that your dad's what? your dad's gonna pay for it. What? Like, no, I'm <laughs> talking about respecting the place that you are. Um, and having ownership yourself, extreme ownership yourself over th- making this place better, not just thinking you can do whatever you want and like your dad's gonna what what, like that. It's I think it would start there. With yeah, me. I think that that's. And she's saying she's doing a, a lot of those things. Good. Um, yeah, I think you just have to keep pushing forward and keep yeah. going. So maybe what we're saying is not a new idea, but it's affirmation that you're moving in the correct space. Yeah. Which is sometimes just, you know, that's what you need. Uh, all right. Miss L is asking, another teacher wants to join a student outing I am planning. It will change the vibe and learning I had in mind for a number of reasons. I really don't want it to be a combined excursion. Help. Um, mm. Man. Yeah, I know all about that. 
uh, we did a class trip the other day and it was to an escape room and everybody wanted to go, <clears throat> teachers included. And uh, I just put a hardcore like, um, no, no, like it's not going to work this time. Like, um, oh, that's great. Look, we'd love to have you come on a trip with us. Um, I have this one all dialed in, but we're doing another one at this time. Maybe you could come on that with us too, which the next one that we're doing is to the Renaissance Fair and it's on a Saturday. And so I'm like, yo, let me hit you up about this Renaissance Fair trip. And then the next day, or when we came back, they're like, yo, how was it? All right, so we're like, what's the deal on the Renaissance trip? And I was like, oh, it's like on this Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. And they're just like, <laughs> what? Oh, you what? bamboozled no, them. <laughs> you got to be a ride or die to do that one. Um, so, you know, and if not... You know, one of the things that I do when I take larger class trips and I need to bring some people with me. So I, I don't I don't run into the problem of having people I don't want to go with me. If I did run into that problem, um, I would separate the groups or I have those teachers bring their students or like you pick a few and I pick a few. But I'm not just going to add you on to a trip. But if you want to bring your crew that you pick, those kids know who picked them. They know whether they want to say yes or no to what they're doing. Um so yeah, it's it's yeah. it's dialing that in. I'm very specific, and I, I don't even take all kids ever when I go on a trip. I only take kids I like that fit that trip. Um, so I would go with the it's already pre pre planned. Yeah. Like, and I can't we, we I can't amend things. Oh, you want kind of. oh you want to take class trips? That's a great idea. Um, so this one's already dialed in, and then immediately it's. We're planning this for next year, for next month, for this summer, for whatever. Um, you would be so great to bring along on that. Let's let's uh, let's that circle together. back around and we'll talk before the end mm -hmm. of the year. We'll talk next week or whatever. So you already just took away the opportunity, replaced it with something else, and then made a transition to get your ass out of that conversation as fast as possible. Um, that's how I would roll. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Oh, shucks. Why does it do this? Did you lose it? Yeah, it just like jumps out of nowhere and it drives me nuts. I like to sing a song though. And it was Zoe's question. <clears throat> no, uh, don't sing a question. Don't here's sing. a fun fact. The other day, speaking of singing, can I, I tell this story real quick? I was on the phone with uh, a brand, with some executives from a brand. And while I was on the phone, um, the choir group uh, was practicing for their upcoming showcase. They decided to practice in the hallway. Um, as loud as could possibly be while I was on a Zoom call with this company. And I stayed after school on purpose so I could have like the Zoom call. It could be like my classroom as my background. Because not everybody knew who I was and I just wanted them to get that sense of like this is what I'm about. And uh, man, it made my ADD jump through the roof. <laughs> I remember like I was on the call and I was staring at this woman's lips as she was talking. So I just like didn't miss a beat of what she was saying because <laughs> all I could hear was this happening outside. And they didn't know. So like I know because I was in the meeting, I couldn't even go out and say like, yo, could you all like just move yeah. down the hallway or something? It was cool, oh, man. It was gnarly. It was a tough one. What you got? All right. Elise, is that how we say that? You, why do you ask me? I know. You know I'm not any better than you. All right. Is, uh, she's asking, I'm considering teaching ESY um, for grade school students with really high needs, both academic and behavioral. I have no idea how it's going to go. I am an 18 to 21 uh, SPED teacher. Um, I think, here's why I love uh, 
ESY program. So for new people, that's extended school year. Um, it's so great because you're dealing with less kids. There's less going on in the school. The days are shorter. It's really far more ideal for students that have really specific learning needs a lot of times because it's just you. It's more, it's more like it's a calmer atmosphere. It's more one-on-one time or, or one-on-two or one-on-three or whatever. Like it's just that more direct connection. Um, yeah. And, and financially, I always thought like, man, when I could get summer school that I used to do or like Freshman Academy is a program that we do in the summer or anything else, it just paid so much better than me working at like friggin' Home Depot that summer or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And it's going to build connection with, with those students on such a high and profound level that going into next year, even if you don't teach those kids again, you become a connection point because, you know, they had you uh, over the summer. Um, and I just think that that's a beautiful thing also. So I highly, highly recommend. Like if And I think you're 18 to 21. Like, yes, perfect age for, like, energy-wise to be able to do it. Um, but just, you know, yeah, yeah I never spent teacher. Well, and those students know that, like, when kids get closer to the end, they realize that, like, oh, this matters. Oh, like, I, like oh, I'm not going to graduate if this doesn't happen. Like, let me... Or I, or I need this skill to be able to move forward in... Well, no, she's 18 to... I'm assuming she's... I'm an 18 to 21 SPED teacher. But it's for grade school students. Oh, okay. You Whatever. You're thinking 18 to 21 year old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, either way, like you said before, uh, working with that age group is awesome. This is why awesome. we're a great team. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do it. What's next? Uh, I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm don't scrolling. Go ahead, now you can sing. You want me to sing? If you really, oh, never mind, got a question. I can tell everyone about my band I want to start. No, the next question is, I have this perpetual guilt that I could be doing more to be financially supporting my family. Um, uh, here's the next one, I'm assuming this goes with it. Uh, this is my first year of teaching, and while I mostly enjoyed my time this year, I just can't shake the feeling that I could do more um, or that I should be doing more. Um, I live there. I live in that space mm. all the time. Uh, I've talked about this before. I realize that this is more money than most than some people make still now, but my first year teaching, I made $31,000. We were so broke that we would, we would, I don't want to say steal, but like when we would go get Chinese food across the street from our house, because that's the only thing we could afford sometimes, it was like, all right, we're eating pork fried rice for dinner. Um, we would take extra napkins because we ran out of toilet paper all the time. Um, so it was like so broke. Uh, that being said, um, you know, now I make a significant amount more than that as an educator. And this is without my business on the side, but like, it's still not something that we can like, if I told you what I made, it would be more than probably a lot of other educators. Like a lot of people would be like, damn, I wish I could make that much money, but all you're doing is still meeting needs. Right, it's just like you're like, oh, now I can pay back my student well, loans, the or cost now of I can. In East Coast is, is so high, astronomical. Yes, like I paid five dollars for a bag. She's not great. Uh, you can go see what she needs, but um, it was five dollars for a bag of Fritos to eat with our chili the other day. I was like, what? In what world are Fritos five dollars? Um, so, I think the the alternative is look, it's either both people in the house work or 
you find a way to monetize some of the things that you're doing. And so if you start, if you're creating things for your school, um, if for your classes, why don't you sell them online, right? Like, like help somebody else out that, that needs it um, by saying, look, want to buy back time, right? So like, here, here's the thing is that it, when we, oh gosh, this is a, that's a whole other conversation. I probably shouldn't even go into that. Um, when we do, I am going to go into it real quick. When we do that, what we're doing, what we do when we, when we offer people, you sell something on Teachers Pay Teachers, you sell something on your website, you sell something wherever, right? Um, the reason I think it's important to do that is that people say time is money. Time is not money. It's not, not even close, right? You can always make more money. If you lost everything you had, you can always make more money. You cannot make more time. So if I asked anybody on here, if, would you like a million dollars, a million dollar check, right? Most people would say yes. Um, it, I don't know. And the people that said, no, I'm concerned for, but, uh, like, but if I said, great, I'll give it to you today, but you have to, but you die at the end of the day, right? No, it shows that time's more important than money, right? So offering, taking what you have, knowing that your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary. There's another you out there, right? There's someone else that thinks like you, that teaches like you, that does stuff like you, that organizes like you. So you can take those resources and sell them online why wouldn't you do that? Or it's finding a way to um, make extra money based on what you're already good at, right? So tutoring can make you an incredible amount of money um, and the world's open. You don't have to just tutor around your house anymore, right? You don't have to just tutor in your neighborhood. Like if you live middle of nowhere, Iowa, who cares? Tutor kids online and you can tutor the whole world. Um, I think that that's another thing too. And that means you can just wear pajama pants all day. And you don't even have to put on real pants and you can still tutor kids. Like now there's corporate companies that you can look into like Dada ABC or VIP kids that will help you do something like that. But I think it's taking like, what do you already have looking around your house, your apartment, your place that you live? What do you have that you can make money from? And for a lot of us, it's being a knowledgepreneur. It's, 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 using what you know to help other people grow bars yeah all right our next question oh we're gonna take one more let's um, do it is coming from josh wolf he's asking how do i come to grips with the idea of leaving my school i love the kids but the commute is killing me moving closer isn't an option i know a move would be right for my money and my mental health but can't he's in another one he says uh can't commit to the idea of leaving the school I bet oh, gas prices you're spending so much on a long commute and just the total. yeah I think about that all, like driving to West Philly it's not far but it's gas it's money to go over the bridge every single day it's wear and tear on my car because the streets there are so like it's so unbelievably Philly is like some of the worst streets in the world um especially in like forgotten West, neighborhoods like yes. west right so it's not like you're in center city this is like oh there's a pothole that looks like it swallows children um well let's put a cone in it yeah yeah just sit there exactly let's come on that city like right there put a yeah. cone in it yeah. or you find someone like <laughs> just put any random ass Chair. thing they just fill some things in there so that you can like get over it uh here's my question for you josh 
here's here's what I would say. What we're teaching as kids, education is only ever about students. It's not just about the students that are in front of you. Sometimes we are given this is there's there's an ellipsis. There, there's a moment where you have this much time at this school with these students. How can you reframe the move and think about there is a kid in the I want you to think about I want you to think about a kid that you connected with, Josh, at some point in your school. Like think about that one like student that that's that's your that man they have they have a special place in your heart right and let's get a little woo woo on this their whole lives they were born they were raised they went to certain schools in certain years and then you just happened to be moving in the same trajectory where you all met up right it was serendipitous it's this magical moment and now it's like they're with you in your heart for the rest of your life leaving that school doesn't mean you're leaving those kids it means you're going on to your next assignment so there is some kid that next year, if you get a job at a new school that is moving in that same trajectory, and then he gets to have Mr. Wolf as a teacher. And if you didn't leave that school, then he'd never have you, or she'd never have you, or they'd never have you. So it's really being mindful of where are you being called to next, and then moving in that direction with faith to know that this is what's next for me, right? This was my time at this school, right? Has not I'm not leaving because I hate anyone. I'm not leaving like because I can't do this anymore. Um, but I know that I'm going to, that the move that I'm making is, is I'm, I'm on assignment right now. I'm, I'm getting given my next assignment. And when that frees us up in any areas and makes, so like, then you're saving money, then you're feeling better mentally. Now, bro, you just became a better version of yourself showing up to be better for kids. And that's the best thing you could ever do. Right. Like to show up and be on 11 every day or 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 like if you rate your life, I do this every day uh, from zero to 10 from one to 10. I've never been on a zero. I felt like it sometimes, but I'm sure I wasn't. Um, it is like I swear to you, if you if you leave your school this year, I would love if you came back in a year and you're going to be able to tell me this was the move. These, these were the kids I connected with this year. These are the kids that I'm here for. This is why I showed up. So in Camden, Romina Fuentes, who wrote the foreword to my book, um, she's one of my riders, like for life. I just love her. I would do anything for her like she's my kid, right? Um, and then I left that school. And then I met tons and tons and tons. Kev and Hugs that are on the front cover of my book. So Romina wrote the intro to my, the foreword to my book. But Kev and Hugs are on the front cover. Donovan that I write about in the book, he came from Camden and he's got my heart too. I'd do anything for that kid uh, or that man now. Um, but then when I left, I got all these other assignments that I had when I was there. So it's, it's keeping that in mind too, that I guarantee you that in a year, if you leave, you're not giving up, you're moving on to your next assignment. It's shifting sometimes the story that we're telling ourselves in our head. It's not about giving up on kids. It's about saying yes to something else. All right. I want to ask this one last question because I do, you're going to do it fast, but Dude, I think I'm feeling that this so is great today. You could ask funny. me. I know, but our question. daughter is waiting oh, for okay. us. All right. All right. So Aaron is asking, I depend a lot on, um, Oh, I depend a lot on the relationships I build with students for classroom management and motivation. It is effective, but I struggle with coworkers who are more authoritative, um, authoritarian in the hallways. They take it, they take over. Uh, so I have a feeling I know answer fast. Cause no. I don't All right. Last week I was, uh, 
I had a water pistol in school. Um, and I do this thing where like I just hold the water pistol over with a book over top of it and I just squirt it in the air. Right. So then it just comes down on someone. The kids are all like this. Well, I accidentally hit a teacher with it and I didn't, I didn't even know they got so pissed. They were like, I don't know who's doing this and blow all this is not the time for this. And this is bullshit. And like, they like went off. And I had to go tell them later that it was like, yo, look, I really apologize. I do this silly thing because it's just boring in school and it makes me laugh. And like, it's been a hard year. Anything I can do to make myself, you know, amuses me, I, I do it. Look, I, but I've done that, that version, a version of that a million times. Putting googly eyes on stuff. Some teachers get really angry and they put out these blastful emails that are just like, Whoever keeps putting eyeballs on stuff, like, and they know it's me. They know, there's nobody else in the school that has a drawer full of googly eyeballs, so it's like um, that kind of stuff happens all the time. The conversation I just have with people is like, "You be you, man. Like, you be you. I'm just out here doing what I, I'm just trying to spread joy, right? And I'm not gonna back down for anybody. And I don't give a crap who cares and who doesn't like it and who likes it, like." I know what I'm about and I know I'm about kids. Um, I've had people get mad when I made my own teaching assistant. I made a mannequin out of wood and a styrofoam head and I used to pull them around the school with me and like introduce them to kids and like have them answer questions and like, um, and that was my guy, Ken. And uh, I just have had, it's, it's happened all the time. What you have to really get into, Aaron, is knowing why you're doing something because what you're doing, it might be about you it might be about you wanting to show up and be the, this is just who I am. I'm not going to not like the clown doesn't try to be the trapeze artist. The clown that like, for me, it's like, if I'm in the circus, like I love side note, I love clowns. Um, so, um, I know this, that was the most horrible thing anyone ever heard today, but like, um, one of my heroes is this guy, patch Adams and patch Adams travels all over the world to war touring, uh, countries to developing nations goes to places where kids have been forgotten about and then shows up and loves them he shows up and, and juggles and does silly stuff and plays violin with you know and and just brings love wherever he's going right that's my job now other people are showing up there too to do other stuff right they're doing security they're doing they're being a doctor they're being a nurse they're cleaning things up they're making the food we all play a part right my part is to just bring joy wherever I'm going. That's all I want to do every single day. I want to bring joy and light and let you know that you matter. And so that's that's part of who I am and what I'm about. I'm so clear on that and I'm so pot committed and it goes back to what I said in the beginning. The gifts that make you strange are the things that make you special. Those are the things that make you authentic, right? That is, if that's where we're operating out of, y'all can do whatever y'all want to do down here. I just know what I'm about. I know that I'm out here spreading joy. I'm blowing bubbles. I got a bubble machine that Laura gave me uh, and I've been using it in class and I pointed out the window and the kids are leaving at the end of the day. It's freaking hilarious. It's what I do. It's my stuff. It's what I do. So it's like just knowing that that's what I do and then owning that and then moving forward with it like it's actually important. You think 90% of the same things every day, every day, you're thinking that 90% of the shit you think about is, is the same shit you thought about yesterday right? So when you show up and you disrupt that for kids with not madness, not drama, not gossip, not nonsense, not being over the top authoritative, but just with love and joy and kindness and silliness, bro, come on. That's the best thing you could do. 
So you keep going and doing you, Aaron Weber, um, because it's the best thing that you, you're giving a gift to your whole school by doing that. And with that, um, are we ready to go out somewhere and do something? Yes. All right, kid, I got you. Gang, if you're around in Florida, we will be at, I will be at the Get Your Teach On National Conference. It's going to be sick. Um, the people that are going to be there are going to be um, are amazing. Um, just going to see Dave Burgess alone is worth the price of admission. And there's a ton of other people uh, like Miss Miller on there. That I'm, she is a she is a flaming ball of sunshine. That woman, um, Chris. I'm looking forward to meeting. I'm looking forward to hanging out with my buddy Shivy that I've only ever met on the internet and never in person. So we'll be there. Anything else that you might need is on Real Rap with Reynolds. Uh, you never take the picture down. The oh, question oh, down, okay. so I can't put the banners on there the bottom. There you go, you can put them. I did, I did. What kind of operation are we running? <laughs> Real rap with Reynolds. You can get books there. You can get, get your, uh, you can get your teacher. You can get teacher class <laughs> off there, um, and you can get them for your whole school. And if you want a bigger, if you're trying to order them for your whole school, please don't get them on Amazon. Please hit me up, and I will put you in contact with someone that's going to get you a discounted rate because everybody's like, if your school's reading it or if you're ordering more than a set number of copies, we can do that. Um, and that's it, gang. You guys are the greatest. I love being a part of this every week. I'm so stoked. And uh, that's it, gang. We'll see you uh, See you next week. Right? Yep. Adios. Peace. Bye-bye.